Six minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. Asarba Teves, the fast of the 10th of Teves. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh, 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 oh,
Lo no me... 
It was a recommendation made by a listener on the NSN app this week. Benny Friedman, fulfill your tefillah at JM in the AM. Nice song, huh? Certainly is. JM in the AM, good morning everybody. Welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91. Point nine on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, and of course on the Edison app. Before the Benny Friedman selection, Rabbi Baruch Chaden Company with Adon Alum, you heard Yomzeh, a great Shabbos selection. Yeah, I figured, hey, it's one of those songs, maybe a Shabbos song, but it's good all week long. Baruch Levine, brand new from the uh, Bonham Atem CD. Sheves Chaverim with Lola Fached. Off of Sheves Chaverim 2. Amachaya, title track of Avraham Avram Fried. Am Yisrael, done by Yaakov Shweki, headlining the Hass concert coming up January the 10th. Nochi Kron Band with Marabu, and of course Regesh. Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's Tuesday on this December 22nd. It's a fast day. Today is a Sarabateves. Today is a fast day till sometime after 5 something in this area. In other parts of the world, I guess it's later than that. Yeah, I know. This is my <laughs> my usual shtick. I'm just so curious. What time does the fast end in Australia? That's the big question. And the answer is about 9.30. About 9.30 tonight in Melbourne, the fast ends. It is the longest fast of the year, obviously. For us, it is the shortest fast of the year. Uh, anyway, I hope it's a fast, fast for everybody and a meaningful one. 54 degrees outside with 78% humidity. Winds are west at 4 miles per hour. Rain today with a high of 62. Mostly cloudy for tonight. Low 52. Rain for tomorrow. A high temperature, 62 degrees. Yushalayim is at 57. We're at 54 here in Jersey City as the mild weather continues. Pretty amazing during this winter of 2015-2016. Um, yeah, so we're at 54 Today's a fast day, and um, we will have our Yeshiva League sports update. We will have a visit from our friends at Beit Arot, and uh, we will uh, 
have plenty to do between now and 9 a.m., plus phenomenal material on our stream all day long at jmdm.org and on the NSN app. If you want to comment on anything, you can go to the NSN app right now and comment. By the way, there is a, a new song, La Hagdil Torah, that Simcha Liner is releasing in conjunction with uh, Rabbi Einhorn's um, 18 straight hours of Torah that he's doing on the West Coast beginning Pacific time tomorrow night right before midnight. And apparently Simcha Liner is going to open the program with this song. Well, we found it. Actually, somebody sent it to me, uh, the song that they found, I believe, on Facebook. So I guess it's uh, it's out there. It's public information. And this is how Simcha Liner is going to kick off those 18 hours of Torah study with Rabbi Shlomo Einhorn out in California. Lahagdil Torah, JM in the AM. <laughs>
JM in the AM, L-E-O on a V that's done by Simcha Liner, uh, off of, uh, Pischili, actually. Uh, Leif Tahar, they're gonna be part of the Big Hass concert coming up January the 10th with Lule Hamanti. You heard of our Shlomo Einhorn, who begins his big 18 hours of Torah study straight tonight on the Pacific, uh, Pacific time at 1159. That's not tonight, tomorrow night, tomorrow night. Uh, with Lule, with, uh, Judaism Alive. Michael Nadada had Odi Shama. You heard Simcha Liner, Lahagdil Torah, the single that he, uh, released for Shlomo Einhorn and that big event coming up. Uh, there are mornings that I, uh, use the opportunity to study, um, Sefer Avas Chesed in memory of my mother, Esther Basar Yosef Halevi. Uh, this comes from the Chavetz Chaim, the laws of doing Chesed regarding one who toils in Torah. If someone requests a loan from him and it is not possible for this mitzvah to be done by anyone else, that he must put aside his learning and attend to this mitzvah. And it, and it makes no difference if other people cannot do this favor or if they simply don't want to do this favor. It's comparable to the case cited by the Chachmas Adam quoting the Radbaz regarding a poor man who has rich relatives who don't want to support him, where the ruling is that the obligation to support him falls on everyone. Please see that reference. It is amazing some of the things that we are learning that we are finding out and discovering from Sefer Avas Chesed of the Chavetz Chaim. Uh, we do this in memory of uh, my mother, Esther Bas, Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and her schus, and I thank you for your uh, participation. It's Asara Bateve's morning. Hope your fast is going well so far. On this In this area of the world, we have about another 10-plus hours till the fast is over, and um, I do hope it's going well. 54 degrees with rain and a high temperature of 62, mostly cloudy for tonight, low 52, and tomorrow rain with a high of 62 degrees. OU Jewish Reaction Program with some amazing Yachad guests coming up starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the stream at jmnam.org, Ellie Hagler, and many others. We're going to be joining us starting at 9 o'clock until 10. And at 11 a.m., ZK will be doing a Nassarabateves live lunch. Yeah, 11 until 1 and Nassarabateves live, well, almost lunch, I guess. Since it's a fast day, we can't call it a real live lunch. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live in the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmdm.org, and of course on the NSN app. Golly, it's on the background to our news from Israel coming up. There is plenty, plenty, and I mean plenty going on here. Friends from Beit Darot will be visiting us. Check in on a couple of other issues as well. Hask update coming up Thursday. Comprehensive update regarding camp and, of course, regarding the big concert on January the 10th. Galait Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday is next. Boker Tov from Jamin. <laughs> ומצוינת, המתקפות עליהם אינן מקובלות עליי. אנחנו מדינת חוק. כל פעילות השבק מתבצעת על פי חוק. לצערי, מעת לעת יש פעולות טרור שמתבצעות על ידי יהודים, ושירות הביטחון הכללי מטפל גם בהם. לא נקבל טרור מכל צד שהוא. ומנגד עורך הדין יתמר בן גביר, שמייצג את אחד החשודים, טען בשיחה עם יעל דן, שמרשו הוטרד מינית בחקירה. האם העובדה שמדובר כאן בנערי גבעות מכשירה את הכל? מה שאת אומרת, בגלל זה מותר לענות ולהתערל ולהטריד מינית, הכניסו חוקרת לחדר שמרשי נחקר בו, שנגעה בו בכל מיני מקומות, שפגעה בו.
עובדי מגן דוד אדום הודיעו שהם מצטרפים לשביתה הכללית במשק ויפעלו מחר במתכונת שבת. כתבנו יותם ברגר מוסר שהמדינה פנתה לבית הדין לעבודה בדרישה לאסור את השתתפות ארגון המורים בשביתה. באוצר טוענים שארגון המורים מחויב להסכמים קודמים ולכן מנוע מלשבות מחר במידה ותהיה שביתה במגזר הציבורי. דרישה להוצאת צווי מניעה גם נגד הסתדרות המורים תוגש בהמשך. באוצר מספרים שהמחלוקת המרכזית אינה עוד סכום ההעלאה אלא האופן בו תחולק. באוצר דורשים שעיקר המשאבים יושיעו בעובדים החלשים, בהסתדרות דורשים שהם יהיו מי שיפקח על האופן בו יחולקו הכספים. והצדדים נועדים כעת לפגישת משא ומתן נוספת, ואם לא יושגו הסכמות, מחר בשש בבוקר יושבתו כל השירותים במשק. היועץ המשפטי לממשלה, לממשלה יהודה ויינשטיין מודה כי נועד לפגישה עם הפרקליטה של שרה נתניהו, העורך דין יעקב ויינרוט, שבה עלה גם נושא החקירה נגדה. כתבנו רומיון. לאחר שעורך הדין ויינרוט טען הבוקר בריאיון לרזי ברקאי כי נפגש עם ויינשטיין ושוחח עמו על זימונה האפשרי לחקירה של אשת ראש הממשלה, הודיעו במשרד המשפטים כי הנושא עלה בתום פגישה שנערכה לפני שלושה שבועות, ועסקה בענייניו האישיים של ויינרוט. בעניין הפנייה לפגישה נוספת בנושא אומרים במשרד, עוזרת היועץ השיבה לוויינרוט כי אין מקום לקיים פגישה כזאת, וכי אם הוא מעוניין בכך הוא יכול לפנות לוויינשטיין בכתב. המגעים לפיוס בין ישראל לטורקיה באנקרה מתעקשים על הקלות בסגר הימי על רצועת עזה כתנאי לחידוש היחסים. כתבנו תאו וייס. ראש ממשלת טורקיה אמר היום ששיחות הפיוס עם ישראל מתקדמות בכיוון חיובי, אך עדיין לא גובש הסכם. לדבריו, אנקרה לא תתפשר על תנאיה להקלת המגבלות בעזה ופיצוי משפחות ההרוגים במשט המרמרה ב-2010. נער מאשקלון מואשם שהפיץ ברשת תמונות מביכות של מורתו, כתבנו רמי שני. הנער ניצל את היעדרותה של המורה מהכיתה בה הוא לומד ובחן ביחד עם חבריו תמונות שלה המצולמות בטלפון הנייד ושהגיעו למחשב הלוח שלה אותו היא מסרה לאחת התלמידות. על פי כתב האישום שהוגש לבית משפט השלום לנוער באשקלון התלמיד צילם והפיץ את התמונות בקרב חבריו. הוא מואשם בפגיעה בפרטיות ובהטרדה מינית. מזג האוויר נאה בלי שינוי של ממש בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר. Thank <laughs> you. 
J.M. in the A.M. I'm Yisrael Chai off of a, uh, actually a single from Jew 2 here at J.M. in the A.M. I'm Yisrael Chai. Uh, before that, you heard the uh, Yoeli Greenfield selection, Hodu Hashem, Benny Friedman, and Altira to open up the hour. Tuesday morning, Asar this morning. Hope your fast is going fast so far. <laughs> it is a fast day, the 10th of Teves, with 54 degrees, rain, and a high temperature of 62. Rain for the next couple of days, today and tomorrow.
in this area. Um, amazing programming on our stream all day long, including right after uh, JM the AM at 9 a.m., Ellie Hagler and some very impressive runners and some very impressive staff members from Yachad join us for the hour. The OU Jewish Reaction Program coming up between 9 and 10. You'll hear about the Miami Marathon and about some special programming that Yachad has undertaken to enhance leadership skills amongst its uh, leaders and potential leaders. Pretty nice conversation, I must say. Uh, 10 o'clock for our album of the week, and then, of course, at 11 a.m., live lunch. ZK is going to be presenting between 11 and 1 Eastern time, a live lunch. Make sure to be tuned in. I know it's a Sarbatave, so it's more like a live non-lunch, but you get the idea. Middle of the day, great music. Keep it going. No lunch to go to, so just keep the stream going on your desk or on your phone and uh, enjoy what we have to present, as so many people do. You can comment on the NSN app and tell us anything you want. Uh, go to the NSN app. You'll see the home screen says add a comment, and you can comment on whatever you wish. Um... Listener Sarah says on the app, regards from England, where it's not raining. <laughs> um, Elliot Weiselberg has a message on the app. Could you mention inter-yeshiva wrestling? I know it's not a varsity sport, but the guys work hard. We're proud of them. Um, and uh, this listener mentions both Frisch and TABC, who work hard at the uh, with their wrestling teams to stay near the top. Uh, well, look, there's no question that um, we have heard a lot, and this is the success of our Yeshiva League Sports Update. We've ha- heard a lot recently about sports that are not included and that people would like to have included. And I apologize, we don't get usually to more than basketball and hockey, but Elliot does try his best, and uh, he will try to incorporate at least once in a while some of the other sports as well. Our Yeshiva League Sports Update is coming up next. A big shout-out going out to Crown Trophy. Mike and everybody at Crown Trophy, they are responsible for the trophies that are handed out toward the end of the season. And guess what? With the calendar changing, it'll be January soon, and uh, there'll be a there'll be a big playoff push, to say the least, and things will start getting very, very exciting in the Yeshiva League. I don't know how much more exciting it can get, frankly. It's pretty exciting now, I must say. Shiva League Sports Update. Elliot Weiselberg is our sports editor. Here he is at JM in the AM. Straight ahead on the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. Bagels on the board in varsity hockey. Three teams clinch playoff berths in JV. And Ramaz and MTA basketball split the battle for northern Manhattan. Good morning. I'm Elliot Weiselberg. Long-standing city rivals Ramaz and MTA squared off this past week in JV and varsity basketball action in the Heights on Motzei Shabbos. The JV game would kick off the action and set the tone for the evening's affairs. A tight one-point game at the half, MTA seemed to have taken control with a 10-point lead after three, having outscored Ramaz 16-7. But Ramaz hit fire in the fourth, scoring 21 points. Unfortunately for them, they could not hold MTA off the board enough to complete the comeback with the Lions earning the three-point win, 52-49. Eitan Pfeffer led MTA, while the game high went to Ramaz's Emmanuel Dicker, who scored 14. In the varsity game that followed, however, the Rams were able to do what their JV counterparts could not close out. MTA led by nine at the half, but a 25-point second half, including nine by Ramaz's Ben Rabinowitz in the fourth to tie up the game at 41 to head to overtime. Sam Reich, Yoni Bettinger, and Johnny Pavmans combined to outscore the Lions 9-1 in the extra session for their third win of the season, 50-42. Pavman scored 16 on the night to lead Ramaz. Benjamin Buckbinder led the Lions and the game with 20 in the loss. 
In other JV action on the week, TABC defeated Heschel 51 to 32, and YDE defeats Shari Torah 49 to 37. On the varsity end, DRS stays undefeated, knocking off Hank and holding off Frisch in overtime this past Sunday, while North Shore upsets SAR 33-30 at home in a role reversal of last year's upset by SAR in SAR. Over to hockey now, where the varsity board saw seven shutouts in 12 games last week. Mag and David, Rambam, TABC, and Frisch each recorded one, while Hafter earned two. SAR also posted one, continuing their hot streak, beating Eastern foe DRS 3-0 in Woodmere. Junior Solomon Freiler scored two goals in the victory. Senior Josh Rosenberg added one. In JV hockey, three teams have clinched playoff berths. JEC clinched by virtue of their win over YDE, while Frisch has locked in a postseason berth with a 3-0 defeat of Rombaum last night. DRS is the third clincher despite not having a game on the week. Hafter, Hank, Flatbush, and TABC can all lock up spots over the next two weeks. Finally, congratulations to the Frisch Cougars JV basketball team, winners of the 2015 M. Muna Rubenstein basketball tournament on Sunday in SAR. For more Yeshiva League action, tune in to tonight's Encore presentation of the Court Report at 7 p.m. only on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com. And that was your Tuesday morning jam in the AM Sports Update. I'm Elliot Weisselberg.
In the AM with Chazan Natan El Great job with Tanya. Before that, our Yeshiva League sports update. Thank you to Elliot Weiselberg. Congratulations to all the teams that are working so hard, all the schools that are working so hard in this amazing 5776 season. I'm morning. It's the 10th of Teves. Today is a fast day. Hope your fast goes fast. 731 in the morning with Rabbi David Goldwasser. His words, Echonishmas, Harav Zebin, Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Esther Basar, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. 
In the fifth month, on the tenth of the month, Nebuchadnezzar came. He burnt the base of Mikdash, the king's house, and all the houses of Yerushalayim. The entire wall that surrounded Yerushalayim was destroyed. The captain of the guard exiled the remnant of the people from the land. We see that Asura Batevis, the date on which the siege of Yerushalayim began, was the beginning of the entire chain of calamities which culminated with the Chorban Beis Mikdosh. Under the siege, the famine became intense. The Benos Tzion, we are told, gathered in the marketplaces, something that they weren't accustomed to do. They questioned each other what they were doing and why they were there. And each one said that the plague of the famine was so harsh, they couldn't bear it, and they had come to look for food. Psikta Rabbah tells us that so intense was the famine that they would hold on to each other, rummaging for food. Children were begging their mothers for nourishment. Nebuchadnezzar had thought that he'd be successful in capturing Yerushalayim in a short time. However, Hashem strengthened the Toshe Yerushalayim and they were able to endure with the hope that perhaps they would do tshuva when they would see what was happening around them. Many great people waged war with Babylonia. They were even able to cause heavy casualties for Bovel. There was one particular hero by the name of Akiva ben Gavrati, of whom it is told that when the rocks would be thrown by the enemy against the wall, he would catch them with his hands and then pitch them back at the enemy, killing many of the soldiers. Yalkut Shemoni tells us that he was even able to hurl them back with his foot. However, ultimately, he too was taken because of the state of decadence of Klal Yisrael. A wind came and threw him off from the wall. At that hour, Yerushalayim was breached and the Babylonians were able to enter. The Rambam in Hilchus Tshuva, Perakei, tells us the significance of the fast. It's not just the grief and the Avelus which it invokes. The purpose of the fast is to inspire us to turn the hearts of Klal Yisrael towards Tshuva. We should remember that our deeds and the deeds of our fathers, which of course are catalysts for all things to happen, good and otherwise. Like it says in Vayikra, Vizvadu esavainam, they shall confess their transgressions and the transgressions of their fathers. Our Chachomim have said in the Talmud Yushalmi that every generation in which the Besamikdash is not rebuilt it is considered as if they had destroyed it. And therefore, it is our objective to inspire divine mercy, to do tshuva, to repent and correct our deeds and those of the previous generations. We have the chance to bring the geula closer through our tshuva, through our tztaka and maasim toivim. May we see the fulfillment of the pasuk, tzion b'mishpati pade, that tzion, will be redeemed through judgment, v'shoveha b'tztaka, and those that return to her through righteousness. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a meaningful day in Besuros Tovos. Amen, an easy fast to everybody on this Asar Beteves. J.M. in the A.M., good morning all, 7.35 in the morning. On this Asar Beteves Tuesday, I thank you for listening in. Has concert update on Thursday coming up here at JM in the AM. We'll do all that 
on uh, Thursday. Go to uh, hasconcert.com for information, hasconcert.com for information. Rabbi Alchanan Zone is with us. He leads the National Association of Hevra Kadisha. It's known as NASC. NASCAL, National Association of Hevra Kadisha was founded in the mid-90s and was created in order to form a united and cohesive group of Jewish burial societies in the U.S. and Canada dedicated to the traditional Jewish burial practices. It acts as an umbrella organization to assist affiliated groups in defining, establishing, and achieving the highest degree of Kavod HaMais as defined by Jewish law. This coming Shabbos is Parshas Vayechi. Over 275 synagogues have already joined this Team Shabbos. Team stands for Traditional End-of-Life Awareness Movement. TeamShabbos.org, T-E-A-M-S-H-A-B-B-O-S.org is the website. Rabbi Alchanan Zone, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. Thank you very much, Nachum, for inviting me on. It is a distinct pleasure. I'm a long-time admirer, <laughs> first-time uh, participant, actually. So I thank you very much. Um, it's a uh, It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'd like to explain a little bit about why we created Team Shabbos. Please. And uh, there are many subjects that are very important to us individually and important uh, to us as Jews. Uh, among them are the value of life and dealing with decisions that affect our end of life. These are discussions that sometimes are very difficult to have, even within family but difficult also for rabbis to explain to their communities because they're uncomfortable. Right. And uh, the rabbi making a drush every Shabbos gets up and wants to speak about something positive, something that's uh, exciting, and end-of-life issues are, are not in that category. So we felt that if we could create a Shabbos that was a Shabbos dedicated nationally to a specific subject about end-of-life, uh, and there are really many subjects that fall under this category, uh, that it would make it easier for rabbis to speak about it, and it would open a conversation that really needs to be had on many different levels. So you're not surprised that close to 300 synagogues have already signed up? Truthfully, I'm not surprised. Uh, I think it could have been uh, triple that or more. Uh, there are many more synagogues across the country. This is a national movement. We've been focused mainly outside of New York, with the understanding that uh, New York synagogues are overwhelmed with a lot of different uh, projects and programs, more so than outside of New York, and that perhaps the uh, conversation is even more important there. But certainly our goal is to have all synagogues join, whether they've officially joined or not. We certainly invite every shul everywhere to join us this Shabbos. Right. And uh, the issues are very simple. It's really speaking about the value of life, which in our world uh, has really changed dramatically over the last few years, uh, where we are no longer focused on the sanctity of life, but more so on the quality of life. The medical profession has taken a turn in that direction. Our society has turned in that direction. And the Torah value is very clear on the importance of life as uh, that which gives us the ability to serve God appropriately. And sometimes when we are most challenged, uh, that might be uh, the greatest opportunity to serve God appropriately. So it's uh, it's a very complex issue, a difficult issue, uh, and we need to be prepared for those situations. We need to talk about those situations with our immediate family. And so the goal is to open that conversation 
and certainly uh, end-of-life decisions, which again has changed dramatically over the last few years. Uh, years ago, cremation was something that within our community we almost never heard of. Uh, even in the non-Jewish community, it was not a common thing. Uh, it has become very prevalent. We are, I believe, they now the industry itself now claims that about 50% of Americans are being cremated. And sad to say that within the Jewish community nationally, uh, we believe it's somewhere close to 40% of Jews that are being cremated at this point. Wow. Uh, in the New York area, it's quite a bit less than that, but not that much less, probably the 25 to, th- uh, I'm sorry, the 20 to 25 range. Uh, but go west or south, it's uh, extremely common, and uh, it's really an issue that needs to be addressed, because even we who live in the Northeast and we who are in the observant community uh, have family, have acquaintances. Yeah, I got it. Uh, Okay. Right. So I remind everybody that we're speaking to Rabbi Ochanan Zone. The uh, event is this coming Shabbos, Parshas Vayechi. You have an opportunity to join the team, traditional end-of-life awareness movement. Now, Rabbi Zone, uh, halachic end-of-life matters. Um, you just alluded to that, that there are many matters, meaning subjects. You know, the, the, the people go through this. Halachic living wills. You just mentioned cremation a moment ago. Will all the rabbis who are participating, will all the synagogues who are participating this Shabbos address all of those issues? They will address some of those issues. Each will address a different one. We actually uh, listed about 13 issues that you can find on our website at teamshabbos.org. Uh, that we, we uh, classified in separate categories. We actually have resource material for all of those, whether they're articles, uh, that explain the issues or how to deal with the issues. But halachic living will specifically is something that's been very close to us. It's something we've had a lot of uh, involvement with. And since the law requires that every person uh, have a health care proxy, the law is that people have uh, autonomy when it comes to medicine. They can choose what medical uh, procedures they want to have or not have. But that's only they themselves have that autonomy. Family members in most states especially, but even in New York State, are limited into what type of power they have unless someone designates a proxy to speak for them. So it's extremely important for every person to have someone who can speak for them if they're in a position where they cannot speak for themselves. But even if people have a, uh, a chance to choose what kind of procedures they want or don't want, by filling out what is called a living will. The problem is that when they fill out these living wills, the questions are, do you want a DNR check off here? If you don't want a DNR check off there, and do you want dialysis? Do you want this procedure or that procedure? Whatever it might be in this scenario and that scenario. The problem is, as people who live by Torah, it is very, very difficult for us to make those decisions in a vacuum when we're 40, 50, 60, or even 70 and in good health. All of these decisions really need direction at the time of these decisions, and they really need rabbinic direction. So what both the Good of Israel of America as well as the Rabbinical Council of America created is something called a halachic living will, which rather than designate specific uh, boxes to check off and say, I want this, I want that, what is done in the halachic living will is to designate a proxy and to designate a rabbi that will make those decisions in conjunction with the proxy so that the rabbi will be the one who will decide what is appropriate uh, for this particular situation. And, of course, every person can choose the rabbi they are most comfortable with 
and can even discuss with the proxy whether they want heroics to be done. And within halacha, there is a lot of flexibility as to what needs to be done under certain situations. Not every situation demands uh, uh, absolute heroics and, and to uh, you know, absolutely uh, never uh, have a situation of a DNR. There are times where a DNR may be appropriate, but it needs direction. And this is what the halachic living will is, whether it's the Akuta one or the RCA one, they're both uh, fine. Uh, but everyone, uh, over the age of 18 actually, needs to have a halachic living will. Rabbi Elchanan Zon is with us. He leads the National Association of Hever Kadisha, NASC, which was founded in 1996. It's called Team Shabbos, and every synagogue in this country uh, is encouraged to uh, be part of it. Shabbos Parshas Vayechi has been designated to address the traditional end-of-life awareness movement. That's Team, traditional end-of-life awareness movement. Uh, there's information on the website, teamshabbos.org, T-E-A-M-S-H-A-B-B-O-S.org. You can also dial and sign up at 718-847-6280, 718-847-6280. And, of course, the main point is to make sure that our rabbinic leaders take the opportunity, as close to 300 synagogues have already joined in, uh, to utilize the Shabbos of Parshas Vayechi. Uh, to address these issues and to encourage the congregation to become more and more educated on these issues. Rabbi Zone, give us a minute on why, I mean, it may be so obvious to so many people, but why not say it for those who may not be familiar? Why is this Shabbos so appropriate for this topic? Well, very simply, that uh, this Shabbos uh, is Parshas Vayechi. Parshas Vayechi is unique in the sense that it addresses illness, Yaakov was the first person to be ill. Uh, he actually requested it so that he would have time to be able to address his children and give them direction, uh, which he did. He then asked his children to take care of him. The name Chesed Shalemis, which is given to members of Achever Kadesh, actually derives from this parsha where he says to his son Yosef, Yosiso Imadi, Chesed Vayemis, you shall perform with me kindness and truth, or the greatest kindness of all, kindness defined by truth. He then asks them to bury him in Israel, and the process of his burial is described, his tzavah, his uh, uh, charging his children is in this parasha. So all of the issues, really, that need to be addressed are all very clearly uh, discussed in the parsha, and so it's really the most appropriate time of year. And and no one else has designated the Shabbos as anything else, so it, it works perfectly. And this is a topic that's come up here in the recent past, and it may sound like a silly question, but ha- have these efforts helped in getting members of the Jewish community who have felt that they should be cremated after their life has ended to change their mind? Have you seen people who've been influenced? Because there are people in our community who are uh, experiencing some frustration that relatives and friends of theirs in the Jewish tradition are uh, encouraged uh, to go you know, down the uh, route of cremation. Something very, very difficult for many of us to understand. But as you said, it's, it's prevalent now in this country, and certainly it has seeped into our community. Um, ha- have these sessions of educational sessions helped in that regard? No, I can't tell you how much uh, encouraged I am. 
as to how much it has helped. I, I cannot wow. tell you. We have uh, a website dedicated to it. We have all kinds of educational material. I can't tell you how many people call me and say, Rabbi, you have no idea what this particular uh, brochure, what this particular book, there's a book by Daron Kornbluth, has accomplished. I myself lecture on the subject, and people do change their minds. Uh, just this past Friday, we buried a woman here in New York uh, because a nephew in Los Angeles got involved, and we were able to work things out where her brother who had been supporting her did not want to bury her. He was going to cremate her because it was just the cheap thing to do. Where it's money, it's very often able to be changed, but I will tell you that we had just a case yesterday. I got a call from a rabbi in Albany. I don't mind saying where it is, who told me of a case. He had called me last week. He was on his way to uh, a home. There was a family member who was about Shuva coming in from Eretz Yisrael, and his questions to me were about wh- what is the responsibility of the son coming in regarding Shiva and Kaddish since his father is going to be cremated. And I said to him, why have you given up? Why not speak to the family about changing my... Well, I was told it can't be done because this was his wish. I will tell you that we have had success with it. There are ways in which it can be done, and I gave him some suggestions as to what he could speak about. And uh, he called me just yesterday afternoon and said, I can't thank you enough. You won't believe this, but I'm coming back from the burial of this man. Okay, so th- there is definitely things that we can do. We see this day by day. It needs uh, a lot of thought, and there are ways that work better than others. It can't always be, uh, you know, we can't always assume that we can throw money at people and say we're going to pay for it, and that's fine, because there are a lot of people who are hard and fast in what they believe in, and it's not a money issue. I mean, 25% of the people in Manhattan or 30% are being cremated. It's not a money issue. It's a, uh, it, it, for whatever the reasons are, as you said, it's hard to understand. But the point is that with discussion, if we open the discussion early enough, if we are sensitive to the people around us and use opportunities to open the discussion, I believe we can have a sea change. I believe we can make tremendous impact. And I've seen it firsthand where there is time, there is a tremendous opportunity and there is the potential of making significant change. It also is an opportunity to teach about the most basic concepts of Yiddishkeit, which is really the concepts of a belief in an afterlife and and, and, and the value of punishment. Right. I'm sorry, the value right. of life and what it means to give respect to people right. because they are people, because they get contained in the Shema, as uh, Daron Kornbluth in his book, uh, which is excellent, called A Cremation or Burial of Jewish View. Uh, he says we burn, uh, we bury treasure, we burn the trash. Right. How do we see ourselves? Okay, so there, there are a lot of ways in which this could be addressed, and we have found that, it, yes, it can be successful, but you need to find the opportunities and use them. And, uh, and you can make a very significant change. We need to get involved, and that's part of the conversation we want to open. Encourage your rabbi to be part of Team Shabbos, traditional end-of-life awareness movement. This Shabbos, Vayechi, oh, uh, close to 300 synagogues have already joined. Sign up at 718-847-6280, 718-847-6280. Go to teamshabbos.org. Again, that is Team Shabbos. Zone leads NAS, the National Association of Hevra Kadisha. Rabbi Zone, an honor to speak with you. Good luck this Shabbos. It sounds like it already is a great success. Thank you very much, Nachum. Appreciate the opportunity to speak to you and have an easy fast and a meaningful one. I Thank appreciate you. that. Easy fast to all on this Asar Bateves morning. You're listening to JM in the AM. I've shed my tears through the darkest years. 
Sitting in the hot desert sun You've been told You'd be on the run Down to Egypt To Pharaoh's town To Rome and Spain And many other lands But you open your door To tired men To lonely passers-by And angels from heaven Your kindness and your care Were known far and wide Father of a nation Your soul is alive Children that you dreamed of Are we that shining star you saw at night? You know it's true We still call you what we knew Our Father, our bride, we got your soul inside Take us home Take us home Every test Now look a small shoulder In the Midwest A child was born Just the other day And all those gathered there Heard his mother say All oh, it's been three thousand years
in the AM. They'll be there. Has concert coming up January the 10th. They will be there. It's eighth day. And before that, Eli Schwebel with Anio. They thought that was really appropriate after the conversation we had with uh, Rabbi Zone, and we were talking about uh, Yosef and Yaakov and the end-of-life issues. Asara Bateve's morning here at JM in the AM, 8 o'clock. Our friends from Beto Road are going to be joining us. They've got a big dinner coming up January the, 7th, January the 6th. January the 6th. And uh, we are looking forward to it. They have an, uh, an entire array of people who have put their names behind this dinner. And uh, it is one of the nicest flyers I've ever seen. And I'll explain why coming up. American Friends of Beta Road Annual Dinner is the 6th of January. And uh, Seth Schreiber, who will chair the dinner. Shlomo Zwickler, of course, who leads the Beta Road uh, effort, is going. They're both going to be in our studio just minutes right here at JM and the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live. The Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
Yaakov Shweki will get a chance on Thursday to update everybody regarding the Hass concert. Go to hascconcert.com for information. Yaakov Shweki, of course, headlines on the 10th of January. Speaking of the 10th, today is the Sarabha Teves, the 10th of Teves. Hope your fast is going well. Great day to speak about Yerushalayim. When these two gentlemen walked in, I think they saw the smile on my face. Nice to reunite with some old friends and uh, in the craziness of this world and all the things that are going on. It is great to uh, again speak about an annual effort for our uh, American friends of Beit Darot. The dinner is coming up on the 6th of January in New York City. The Crown Plaza Times Square is the place. And we welcome both Shlomo Zwickler and Seth Schreiber into our studio. Gentlemen, Boker Tov, welcome back to JM in the AM. Boker Tov, Nachum. How are you? Tov. I got into a conversation. Shlomo's going to kill me for bringing this up. I'm going to do it anyway. I got into a conversation with somebody about the... Uh, the length, the tenure that people are in certain positions, you know, like, for, like I, I mean, I could, you know, take any nationwide position in the world of lay leadership, and, you know, people give, I don't know, three, four, five, six years. So, <laughs> you're going to kill me, Shlomo. <laughs> Seth Shriver, you have to admit, it is unbelievable that year after year, this man is so dedicated to make sure, not only that this event is a major success, that the organization is running as smoothly as possible. So, Seth, how many years is it now? How many years? I think it's, is this 15, Shlomo? Is it 15 years? 15 this years. Is, this is the 15th day wow. that we're running. Yeah. Do you know, do you know how much more that is than most of the average length? <laughs> By the way, I thought you were referring to Shlomo, not me. <laughs> nah, he, he could be there for a hundred years. Nobody's going to complain. <laughs> By but, the way, he's the perfect sidekick, so he keeps me inspired every day. <laughs> That's a long time, Seth. You know what? It's it's that's a long time, and I'll still say what I always say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that we that we could use uh, that we could use leadership like yours in a lot of organizations. I can tell you that much. Uh, here we are, January the sixth, another amazing annual dinner. We get to pay tribute to the city of Yerushalayim, to the city of Yerushalayim, which is uh, again as usual, and people don't realize it, in a very precarious position, politically, diplomatically, as we know. Security-wise, that's a separate issue. Maybe not a separate issue. Maybe the same issue. Uh, but uh, Yerushalayim, which, you know, it, it, at a moment, people don't even realize at a moment's notice what could happen, how quickly things can change. I mean, we see it every day how quickly things are changing. So it's a good time to support Beit Road and to uh, support what's happening in northeast Jerusalem. And everybody out there, I would hope that you would come and do so. And by the way, I, I said that um, I was so impressed by the flyer. I mentioned this as you walked in. I was so impressed by the flyer because there are people, there are couples out there, families out there that are really putting their names behind this dinner, that are really committed to make this a great success. So to all of them, we say thank you. And uh, anybody who has seen this, if you go to Beta Road website, you can see it. You'll notice all the people that are coming out on the, uh, to the Crown Plaza Times Square on the 6th of January to participate. And the big news, of course, is that the keynote speaker is going to be Caroline Glick. Someone said to me yesterday, they have never been to a Beta Road dinner. They saw Caroline Glick is going to be the guest speaker, and now they are considering coming to the Beit Road dinner. What do really? you think of that? Yeah. Wow. Is that interesting? That's uh, Why I... has she made such an impact? Explain it to me. Why, to, for English-speaking Jews around the world, she has been so important over the last few years? Well, because she, she presents a voice of clarity, I believe, um, uh, in the uh, on the spectrum of the various commentators who uh, consistently write on the topic of Israel and the status of the Jewish people the world over. Um, she provides a refreshing point of view, which people find a bit, I guess, unusual and out of place for a, a woman 
who is, uh, you know, on the right, so to speak. Right. Uh, there aren't uh, all that many of them who, who are very uh, intellectual and uh, in, in have a great intellectual capacity, the ability to express their opinions in a succinct fashion, and nevertheless have uh, still um, uh, nationalistic and and, uh, and traditionalist views. So I guess it's an unusual combination, which which you know people find very refreshing, and therefore uh, they're they're pulled towards it. Have you found, like I did through this episode? That she's a big hit already. There are people here very excited to come hear her live, especially people who read her on a consistent basis. Well, I'll tell you the the response that we've gotten, that Seth and I have gotten to uh, the, the lineup for this year's dinner, which is the first and foremost the fact that Caroline's f- coming in to speak, uh, has been tremendous. Uh, I was actually a bit uh, surprised by the, right. uh, as much as I'm a fan as well, I was a bit surprised by the great response that we've gotten. I would even say it's been uh, as good, if not better, of a response than uh, we heard from uh, last year when we had Ambassador John Bolton speak. Right. So again, it's um, it, it's not a matter of not wanting speeches. It's a matter of who's speaking. And if it's somebody that they want to hear, they're going to come out and enjoy it. Yeah, no, uh, I've definitely been approached by uh, many people who told me they're going to get to the event uh, early. Um, we started at 6 uh, p.m. We right. usually we usually are pretty full early on, but right. people want to get there early to speak with her, and she will be there, and she will be available. And, and as Shlomo said, there's a voice of clarity in journalism, uh, people tend to hedge and people tend to hold back, and, and it, it is refreshing. And I think we're living in a time where we're seeing it politically, and I'm not going to get into politics, but we are seeing it where uh, where there is a, a new refreshing. Uh, let's let's stop holding back. Let's speak the truth. Let's say what needs to be said, and, and that's what we're all about. Yeah, no question about it. You've been all about that because uh, you've been outspoken about how important the future of Jerusalem is. And what I opened with by saying that, you know, again, you know, people don't realize the precarious situation that we're in. They don't realize how things can change in an instant. You can wake up one morning, look at the news report, and, and you can't believe that, you know, that's, I mean, we could point to so many examples in the last 10, 20 years that you just can't believe how things have changed so quickly. So explain, Seth, as you always do so well, why Jerusalem is such an important cause even now as we approach 2016. Uh, well, I think what's going on right now in the world is is there's almost a distraction away from Jerusalem because of the, you know, uh, the unfortunate events of ISIS around the world. And what people aren't paying attention to and aren't realizing is <clears throat> what's going on on the ground in Jerusalem today is horrific. And uh, it's it's being overshadowed by world events. And and as you say, in a blink, politically, our leadership can be forced or coerced to make uh, sometimes some questionable decisions. And it really takes people and, and an effort on the ground to not allow that to happen, to, to make our presence known, to make our permanence known. And we have today in our hands a gift that uh, I think sometimes we take for granted. You know, Yushalayim Biadeno is not something we should ever take for granted, and and I think it, this is a time more than ever. You know, in Shave Matai, this is the time we have to stand up and we have to protect proactively what we have because we are living in a world gone mad. We have uh, always stressed why Beit Road in the area of Northeast Jerusalem is so vital and important. Why the facts on the ground there and in other places, but the facts on the ground there. Are so vital. Uh, Shlomo Zwickler, the last time there was a dinner was one year ago. Has there been progress in the last year? Oh, I just, uh, just, uh, yesterday got an update, as we say, from the, on the ground. I haven't even shared this with Seth yet. 
As you know, um, we... Uh, he always seems to have news that he saves yeah, for the air. That's it's more fun this way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't saving it. It just happened. No, nothing happens by coincidence. That's true. Um, yeah, that as as our uh, our this listening audience, which has been so part and parcel of our of our saga over the years, uh, is fully aware. And, of course, as our supporters are very aware, we every year sup- uh, report on the things that we've accomplished, things we've done, our, our progress towards our goals, which, of course, is to transform the area of the Mount of Olives region to a normative part of Jewish Jerusalem. Right. And a major, major project we've undertaken over the past few years is the development of a proper visitor center at a site that we call Mitzpeh HaMasuot, which is uh, sort of like a, a, a bridge between the uh, edge of the Judean desert and the opening the E1 area, which stretches out towards Malay Adomim on the eastern flank of the city. And, of course, on the other hand, uh, it, it, it projects onto the whole skyline of Jerusalem. Um, from the northern ridge of the Mount of Olives. Last time I saw it was exactly two years ago this week. You know why I remember that? Because you and I were stuck in a snowstorm. Correct. <laughs> we, 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 were, we were there standing in the snowstorm. Right. That's snow, right. Snow, what's that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that, that was actually, that's right. That, that was the blizzard. That was the blizzard weekend. That was the blizzard thank weekend. God for you, I was able to escape the hotel for a few hours because you were brave. You were the only person in Israel who knew how to drive in a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, bringing back memories. I feel, I feel like we should get one of those Facebook posts that say your memories from two years ago. Um, anyway, so at this site at Mitzbama Suo just yesterday, uh, we uh, made a bit more progress. We're we're finished putting the finishing touches on on that vis- on that piece, that property, that piece of that that uh, uh, building, um, which will be a proper facility, which we will be able to host uh, large groups of people in our uh, theater slash auditorium. It'd be a permanent exhibit there, and it's all situated in the side of this Khurshan, side of this foresty area, which the trees are so high, so it doesn't obstruct the view. But it's a historical area. It's an area of national significance because that's where the famous battle. Um, for Augusta Victoria took place, which is just a moment before the descent, the, the descent down the Mount of Olives, the crisscrossing of the Kidron Valley, and the ascent up to Mount Moriah, to Haram Moriah, to, uh, to uh, unfurl the Israeli flag for the first time in 2,000 years. All this took place there. It's modern Jewish history, and it's also part and parcel of our efforts to draw greater amounts of Jewish traffic into the zone, which is significant and critical because the way that you ensure that Jerusalem remains under Israeli sovereignty and remains a Jewish area, a normative part of Jewish Jerusalem, is, of course, to bring the Jews there. Um, it's uh, all about people being feeling free to flow through and to come through and to visit and, of course, as well, to live. And today, the progress that we have to show is that uh, there are now um, nearly 30 families living on the northern ridge of the Mount of Olives, wow. uh, and proje- in all, all in uh, properties that have been uh, developed with the help of uh, of all of the people who've been uh, involved in this cause, no less, of course, led by Seth over the past, I guess it is, 15 years now. Um, and, and, and many uh, of the people that you mentioned lived in very uncomfortable circumstances there for a while. They're like this is this is their reward, so to speak. Look, like, I, I remember one of the very first uh, uh, things, one of the very first uh, little uh, projects that events. we that we ran, um, that that we that we that we, uh, that we started. It all started with a group of. Uh, a group of fellows from Teaneck, actually. Right. So just at the time that Seth was getting involved, so were, so were they, a whole bunch of people. Um, and I remember it was in, uh, there was a, I think it was back in 2002, perhaps. Was maybe, it a maybe, storage container? Maybe 2003, that's right. It was, uh, J- J- our friend Joey Bodner from Teaneck uh, held a kiddish in his house, what they called the 1K Club, and all these guys uh, gave, uh, thank God, a lot, a lot of money. 
uh, a lot of support towards the purchase of a couple of shipping containers right. where the first two families moved into. We also did a renovation of another. They cut out a window, I remember. Correct, correct. And One that, of them had a nice little... Uh, Right, and, and and it all started from that. That was that is the proof of concept that there are people who you know want to come live here, and we need to have a basis of uh, of of uh, and on that specific site where those shipping containers stood, which all started in some kiddish on, on a Shabbat in Tinek, um, uh That's where our four big apartment buildings stand today, and, and those apartment buildings are now connected to the mid-level promenade, the Tayot right. Emtzagov, as we call it, which connects the northern ridge of the Mount of Olives all the way down. That's a work in progress down to the cemetery of the Mount of Olives. But the the big news is that the site of Mitzpeh Masuot, our visitor center, which you remember from the snowstorm, which is perched atop the the crossroads between the Judean desert and 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 the skyline uh, view of the city. Now that's been connected as well by virtue of this tail of this promenade being right. connected from there down to the area of the apartments. The whole area has been transformed. If you haven't been to Beta Road in a long time. I know many people have been and have been very supportive, but they haven't been lately. I mean, the place looks very different today because of the progress. You know, the, all, of, the, all that which we've been working towards has actually, uh, a great portion of it has come to fruition. And now we look to the future to, you know, to, to push it even further and take the next step. And 30 families homes. means it's a real neighborhood now. I mean, it's a real neighborhood. It's a neighborhood, but we're not even close to where we need to When's be. When's the last time you saw it? Um, I was there a few months ago. Couple, yeah, a couple of months ago, I was there. So it's a real neighborhood. It looks like it. It yeah. feels like it. I assume there's plenty of kids, and that you know, there's life. There's life. There's Jew- Jewish life. Yeah. That, you know, as as you know, as Shlomo likes to profess. Yeah. Have, Whoever have, thought we, to be Jewish life on Harazay Team? We have right? children's laughter on Harazay Team. You right. know, it, it's not about Kfurot anymore. It's about life, and it's right. about the future, and, and that's what we're all about. We're and about. you say there's still a lot more to go. Well, a lot more to go. There's a, Seriously? There's, there's a lot more to go. We, there's a lot more that needs to be developed. Listen, the, the, the objective that we have is not to, you know, with all due respect to uh, the great strides that we've made and the accomplishment of having as many families as do live there, a couple of uh, a dozen families there. Um, you know, our designs are for hundreds of families in this particular area. Um, again, not to do something which is, uh, you know, o- o- overtly... Uh, or, 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 or questionable in any way, shape, or form. It's, it's, it's a matter of a natural and normative community and neighborhood development and the purpose of, of restoring a, a Jewish community, a Jewish neighborhood to its grandeur of uh, many, many, I hope many gov- years ago. I hope the government of Israel is cooperating. Uh, I I, well, listen, everything that we do, as I explained this, this past Shabbat, I was in, uh, I had the great pleasure of being uh, with the Mashadi community in Great Nick, uh, and, oh, and, uh, in Long Island. Yeah. A uh, wonderful experience for me, I have to say. One of the most enjoyable Shabbatot that I've had in my career in this kind of thing. Um, and uh, one of the things I explained to them there, which they, they wanted to understand, is that what, everything we do in Eastern Yerushalayim is all... Uh, you know they they're very much into it being uh part of the government or in line with the government or or in agreement with the government and I explained that we're in an area of sovereign Israel we're in an area which was which is the Israeli law applies to and therefore all the permits that we have all the ability to build that we have is all based on uh government permits specifically on the municipality of Jerusalem that's where our permits come from and uh the the next stage of our development needs to be to solidify the community infrastructure uh, to make sure that uh, all these families have uh, where to have a community, have where to have their shul, have where to have their playgrounds, have where to have, have, have an anchor for their community so that it can grow further and further and on and on. Do you still find great enthusiasm on this side of the world for Beta Road? We do. We do. We find people that are very moved. I mean, the dinner is a great venue because it gives people a chance to really understand what we're doing and it gives people a chance to get together and talk about it. So we've always, we've always, I guess... Uh, 
so, sold this dinner, if you will, as a family event. We, it's a celebration of Yerushalayim. It is not a dinner where we're just trying to solicit money from people. We want people involved. We want people to feel it. We want people to visit. As Shlomo yeah. mentioned, the tours are huge. When people go there, you you can't help yourself. You, you're involved. You're, you, you're connected to it. It's... It's the heart of our. It's the heart and the soul of our country. You will see Jerusalem like you've never seen it before, and you'll never believe it's right there. What I have to right what, what I have to stress is yeah that that that's what you just said now, Nachum. I think is the most important message of all. It's right there. It's right there means it's right in front of you. Yeah. It's right in front of you, which means it's tangible. You can reach out and touch it. For so many years, you know, Jerusalem has been something which has been an abstract. It's been something which has been so far away in dreamland. And today is a Sarabatevet. It's mm-hmm. the day that we commemorate, I'm sure you mentioned this earlier on the air, the beginning of the siege on Yerushalayim, which after about a year and a half led to the destruction of the uh, Beit HaMikdash, the temple, and of course the loss of Jewish sovereignty in the land of Israel, and the loss of Yerushalayim as the place which unites the people and which unites heaven and earth, as according to our tradition, etc., etc., the place from which the light goes out to the world, the message of uh, of greatness goes out to the world, and it, throughout the ex- long exile, Yerushalayim has been a place which, on the one hand, has drawn us all together and kept us all together. I always mention that Jews, wherever we go, we always face Jerusalem when we, when we pray. Jews, wherever we go, we always focus on the return to Jerusalem. But because we were so far removed from it over so many years, we we sort of lost physical connection to it, and it became something which was abstract, which you couldn't really understand. You just dreamed about it, but didn't know what it looked like, where it was, and how it was. And here we are today, and this is almost 50 years later, you know, after the, the liberation and the reunification of Yerushalayim. And Yerushalayim is a very real place, and people go to Yerushalayim, especially in this listening audience. But when they visit Yerushalayim, they visit, you know, thankfully everybody goes to the Kotel. Right. Um, and as you know, uh, because it's one of your, one of your pet peeves, the, the Kotel is not the real deal, it's the Harabai, which is the real deal. But uh, still, people go to the Kotel, which right. is a good thing. But beyond that, people think about Yerushalayim and think about, you know, the places that they're so familiar with, which today the hot place is Mamila or Emeker Fa'im, which is all wonderful. It's all fantastic. And I, you know, from our discussions that I think Mamila is a fantastic concept because it's, it's, it's the merger of the ancient with the modern, which right. is exactly what our message is supposed to be. But people lose sight of the fact that Yerushalayim is not a done deal. We're not finished yet in securing Yerushalayim, both the dream as well as, and the more significantly, the physical place, the non-abstract place, place you can reach out and touch. And unlike so many other things in the Jewish world, so many other causes in the Jewish world, which are constants, which we always have no matter where we happen to find ourselves, no matter what community we happen to be in, no matter what period of time we're in, that's to support our our brethren, sick people, poor people, our yeshivot, our communal infrastructure, etc., etc. Here is an opportunity to take a dream, an abstract dream of 2,000 years, and a challenge that we've been handed because of who we are and where we live in the time that we live in, to take it and to effectuate a real significant impact on the future generations of the Jewish people by ensuring and securing Jewish control, hegemony, life, normative Jewish locations in the city of Yerushalayim, which are so critical not just to our past, but even more critical to our future. It's an opportunity 
to really make an impact and a difference in Jewish history. And like we always say, you always say this, and I've taken, I picked up your line. You know, we're we're not asking you to put on a uniform. Right. We're not even asking you to make aliyah. Or, 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 we're asking or, you to have a drink with Seshriver. All we're asking you to do is have a drink with Seshriver, and um and uh and and, and enjoy, enjoy a night in Manhattan. Enjoy a night in Times Square with at the Caroline Plaza, Glick. and he, and 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 be 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 challenged in and and inspired intellectually, and be inspired emotionally. And, and maybe, just maybe, also in, in understand and internalize the potential, the significance of what you can do, even if you're so far away, in having an impact on the future of Jew, the Jewish people for generations to come. A lot of people get this because a lot of people, thank God, have invested a lot of money to get those buildings up, to make sure to you know get real facts on the ground, as I like to say, and to make that neighborhood grow. So, a lot of you and you know a lot of these people who are uh, committed and who have uh, really. Just like you've been doing this for 15 years, there are those who have invested even more years in making sure that this continues to happen. Look, we we I say it all the time. We we are we're just the torchbearers. You know, right. we we come and go. Yerushalayim is ours. It should be ours forever. It is ours right now, and it's our responsibility to make sure it stays that way. And it's it's in the world we live in. It requires proactive effort. It requires activity, not inactivity. It requires each one of us to do their chaylek, each one of us to do their part. And as Shlomo said, whether you live in Israel or you live abroad. We're all connected through Yerushalayim, and we all have a responsibility to stand up and, and support and build Yerushalayim so it's ours forever. The American Friends of Beit Darot annual dinner. You can help Beit Darot secure the light of Jerusalem to illuminate the entire world. And with them that night will be Caroline Glick, who writes for the Jerusalem Post and from Akari Shonen is one of the most sought-after commentators when it comes to what's happening in Israel. She's quite an analyst. And I am sure she will give us tremendous insight into what's happening in Jerusalem and Israel on the night of December, of January the 6th. It's happening at the Crown Plaza Times Square. Seth is the dinner chairman. I have emphasized that you, I think brilliantly, have put on your flyer, and anybody who goes to the Beta Road website, BetaRoad.org, BetaRoad.org can see it. You have a collection of couples and families um, on this flyer that made commitments, some of them many years ago, some of them recently, and are proud to stand behind this effort. And I'm sure are telling their friends and relatives and everybody they know to come and be part of this great celebration on the 6th of January. No, it is a growing family, and and I emphasize each one of us, when we hear about a dinner, sometimes we have that uh, knee-jerk reaction where we roll (laughs) our eyes and say, oh, no, not another one. This one, and, and Beta wrote, and I've said it before, and Shlomo and I say it all the time, there are so many great causes and so many important causes, and we all have our limited means. But this this cause is really an umbrella for all causes. No, no question about I it. Mean, Yerushalayim, after all, right? It's Yerushalayim. Guys, it, it, it is what makes us who we are, what makes us distinct in the world. It's why it's such a controversial place. There's something about right. Yerushalayim that we all know from our upbringing. The world doesn't quite understand why it's in the paper every single day. We get it. And it's our responsibility to make sure that we hold it, we protect it forever. Somebody said to us, somebody else yesterday, if you're going to go to one dinner every year, go to Bait the Road. And I was wondering where this was going. Who, who are you talking to? Well, I'll tell you the story <laughs> off the air if you wish. That's unreal. And, wow. I said, and I said, I wonder where this is going, this conversation. 
And they, and they said the reason you go to Beit Road is because they tell you in advance that the entire program is one hour, <laughs> and the entire program is one hour. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, compared to some other dinners out there, that might be a great reason to go to a dinner. <laughs> we, we've actually become known for that, haven't we? I know. We? So. That's, uh, that, that's all Seth. That's, all right, that's, sure. uh, Seth gets all the credit for that one. No nonsense. It's supposed to be, a, really, it's supposed to be a celebration. It's a fun night. Uh, come out, join us. It's really And weird. if she, Caroline Glick, is part of that hour, oh, you're talking about a pretty quick hour. Right. She's gonna she's part she's of that hour. She's part of that I've hour. heard her speak at a dinner and there's I mean, she's just you know I don't know, she's able to hit the nail on the head every single time. She just presents and she she makes you understand exactly what the situation is, which is an unbelievable trait. You know, to be a great Balmazbir is an unbelievable trait, and she's got it. So. That's why we're, we're very... What should I say? Balat Mazbir? Would that be the <laughs> um, right? Balat what? Balat... Not uh, Mazbir, right? Well, I think we should call Weingarten. Call Mayor Ooh, Weingarten. Mayor Weingarten, where are you? Right. What would you say? Ma- Mayor Milim. A is female it? Balmazbir would be what? We, 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 we should... Balat Hasbara, maybe? Uh... Well, that 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 yeah, sounds like it's getting a little right. too technical, so it's getting away from the of the of the, of the base. Right, whatever um, it is, we have time to dinner I'm, to figure I'm, this I'm, out. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm telling you, Mayor Weingarten, he's the he's he's he, if you, listen, you have to use the resources of the Nachum Siegel Network yeah, to get yeah, your you know to he's get the your, man. He's the man. He's the he, man. He's he's definitely the resident Hebrew expert. Phone number for information about Wednesday night, January the sixth, at the Crown Plaza, Times Square, is two zero one five three zero zero two one zero two zero one five three zero zero two one zero. One of the simplest ways to do all this is to go. Excuse me, to the Beit Arot website, baitarot.org, B-E-I-T-O-R-O-T.org. Proudly, you have a lot of communities and neighborhoods in the New York, New Jersey area represented. I mean, really a lot, from a lot of different places. I have to tell you, one of the most amazing things for me, you look at that, that, that invitation, you look at the advertising, right. you look at all the people we have there as, as dinner hosts. And, and it's essentially, it's people who've been, you know, involved for a very long time. And I always tell people, Seth, that no, nobody, and I hope I'm not, I, I think I'm right about this. Nobody's ever had a bad experience being involved with a dinner that we've that we've run for the past 15 years, which is, I think, a, a great thing. People, the first thing we tell people is it's it's not a pressure environment. It's it's really, and, and I say it all the very time. Relaxed. And Shlomo kills me when I say this. Say, to me, it's not about the money. It's really not. I mean, we need the money, obviously. Everybody, we do need the money. But it's no, really... this is our one fundraiser. No, this it's our, our, one, it's our fundraiser. one fundraiser, but it's really about the education and getting people involved. And once they are involved, like I said, once they touch it, they're not leaving. Oh, it's funny. And again, because I know the cause for so many years, it's funny how many people leave the dinner saying, oh, now I get it. Now I understand. <laughs> no, seriously. Like they even walked in because they're friends of an honoree, friends of, of Seth, whoever it may be. And they just don't, you know, we've heard of it. We, you know, we'd like to visit maybe. But not, now I get it. Now I understand. That's what we pride ourselves. We pride ourselves right. on that our dinner is more of like a, an annual meeting. Right. And it's a, it's, it's a, we report on the, on what we've done. And thank God is, Nachum, you yourself, I think you've been emceeing this dinner since its inception right. almost or right. near, nearly since the inception um and you've i mean you you have something new to say every year which is pretty you know that, there's that, always that's, a lot to talk about. yeah it's, it's amazing unto itself but but more than that is that it's 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 something which is also an evening which we utilize the platform to explain the issues right. we educate the people that's why i tell people to get people in the room it's not like seth says and even i'll say it and admit it 100 percent. it's not just about raising the necessary funds, which is significant. I'm not going to belittle it. Believe me, I'm not going to belittle it. But it's also about inspiring people and, more importantly, educating the people. Because when you educate the people, it brings them to action. And action is what we're looking for. Exactly. All right. Uh, final words coming up. It's the Beit Road Dinner. 
January the 6th, 201-530-0210. You can go to baitthewrote.org and make your reservations immediately.
Well, that's what it's all about. Jerusalem, American Friends Abate the Road Annual Dinner, starring Caroline Glick. She's the keynote speaker, an amazing commentator, wonderful author, a uh, great columnist, I should say. Uh, she'll be there the night of January the 6th. Seth Schreiber's in our studio with Shlomo Zwickler, and Seth, of course, serves as dinner chair. You can get your reservations in the easiest ways on the website, beitorot.org, B-E-I-T-O-R-O-T.org, B-E-I-T-O-R-O-T.org, or you can dial 201-530-0210. That's 201-530-0210. Seth Schreiber, Shlomo Zwickler, what other words can we say to encourage people to be there? I just want to reiterate one more time, guys. The shot glasses will be there. We, we will we will pour uh, we will pour some nice drinks. Uh, obviously, not too many, but we will obviously. we will we will make sure the celebration continues. And for me, there's no greater moment than having all of us get together, celebrate uh, Yerushalayim, learn a little bit more about what's going on on the ground, and each one of us. All Beit Road is is a platform for each one of us to be partnership in, uh, where we can stand together, build together. I, I don't believe any one of us gets more credit than anybody else. Without everybody's donations, everybody's involvement, there are people behind the scenes constantly doing tremendous work for Beitarot and for other organizations as well. They all deserve the credit. This is not about anyone in particular. It's about all of us getting together. And all I, I implore you, please get out there. Join us. It's important to get involved. It's important to be part of uh, the Binyan Yerushalayim, and we all have the opportunity. Crown Plaza, Times Square, Broadway and 49th Street on Wednesday night, January the 6th. Shlomo Zwickler, continue your amazing work on behalf of the city of Jerusalem and the Jewish people. Thank you very much, Nachum. Thank you for the opportunity, as always, to come on the air and to speak to the listening audience and to try to... Try to have an impact. Try to make a difference. It's and I'm sure that January 6th will be a great success. Bezrat Hashem. It will be a great success as long as people uh, take the opportunity, as we always do, as we often do, to rise to the occasion yeah. and to be take the example of our of our forefathers, the example of, uh, of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, the example of Yehuda, the example of Yosef, and rise to the occasion, take the challenge that you meet it, and do what you can do to alter the seeming reality and to ensure your future. Tadaraba. Thank you. Amen. Shlomo Zwickler, Seth Schreiber, the dinner coming up January the 6th, 201-530-0210, beitarot.org, B-E-I-T-O-R-O-T.org. This is JM in the AM on a, a Serbateves morning, an easy fast to everybody, 20 minutes before 9 o'clock.
Kunstler Azya Shir Ashreinu before that from Oh My Kadavar. You heard Ashrei Me. That was Baruch Levine off the brand new Bunim Atem CD here at JM in the AM. Asarab Teves morning. Today's the 10th of Teves. Hope your fast is going fast. That you're doing well on this uh, Tuesday. Plenty more tomorrow. Don't forget plenty on our stream all day long at jmnam.org. Um, we've got um, the OU Jewish Reaction Program coming up in eight minutes from now. Ellie Hagler. And a whole host of wonderful people join me for a very interesting discussion 
regarding leadership in Yachad and the Miami Marathon coming up, which is just about 30 days away or so for the Miami Marathon. Team Yachad is getting ready. Believe you me, they are getting ready. Uh, so we have that for you coming up at 9 o'clock. Uh, 11 a.m. for ZK's live lunch. Yeah, that's right. A live lunch on a fast day. Only we could pull that off. That'll happen between 11 and 1 o'clock. Make sure to be tuned in all day long at jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. Here's Avram Freed.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial broadcasting live. From the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. And of course on the NSN app. Wraps up another great edition of JM and the AM. Have a... Uh, an easy fast, everybody, on this Asara Bateves. Tomorrow we're back starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to tune in. Make sure to stay tuned for all of our great programming on jmnam.org, including the uh, Jewish Reaction program coming up next with a whole bunch of wonderful guests from Yachad. And um, tomorrow, as I said, we're back starting at 6 a.m. Have a uh, an easy fast and a wonderful Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.